We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Great to be back with you, with uh, all of you, and thank you for your listening. <clears throat> what what a crazy week four of the college football season. Got a lot of stuff I want to go through in this episode. It's gonna be a lot of a lot of fun. <clears throat> let's let's first first I want to uh, just say my talk about my thoughts and prayers being with the University of Utah and the football program there after the uh, the death of Aaron Lowe um, tragically passing away in a on campus uh, Saturday night Sunday morning after their team got a W against Washington State um, just a few months ago they lost uh, running back Ty Jordan as well and uh just just uh thoughts and prayers go out to uh their families the football program at utah and just uh <clears throat> just a terrible terrible tragedy there and and it, you, like i said thoughts and prayers out to them um next i want to talk about uh just some of the things that happened this week like some of crazy things going on like at ohio state like what (laughs) what what, what's going on there and 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 i'm gonna i'm gonna say ohio state ended up winning the game against akron handily the way that they're supposed to and they took care of business and maybe maybe they're starting to play like the ohio state that we know and that we're used to seeing but uh the whole situation with linebacker Kayvon Pope that transpired there on the sidelines is just just um, shocking and amazing, really. I mean, for for that whole scene to take place, um, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you you know about what happened. Uh, he go he was subbing in to a defensive package. Uh, the player he was coming in for waved him off. So he runs off the field, throws his gloves in the stands, takes off his jerseys, throwing his jersey in the stand. He's walking off the field like he's quitting the team. Uh, just really, really bizarre situation. Uh, he ended up being officially dismissed from the team today and entered the transfer portal. Um, just a really weird situation there. And with with the... Uh, the offensive, well, not just offensive issues, but with the issues that have transpired at Ohio State so far this year with the team's performance, it just makes you wonder, is something going on there? Um, is something going on with the culture? Or is it just one one bad apple, possibly? Um, it'll be really, really interesting to see how all that transpires. Um I think we can all agree that Ohio State hasn't played up to the level that they should be playing at. But uh, 
maybe this will light a fire under them. Um, it'd just be really, really interesting. This week, um, they have Rutgers, who played great. Who I shouldn't say played great. They played really well against Michigan, and that leads into my, my next talking point, um, going from Ohio State to Michigan. <laughs> but uh, Michigan looked really good in the first half, and then the second half just kind of, I mean, hats off to Rutgers for the way that they played in the second half. They made that into a real game. And Greg Schiano is going to do really good things at Rutgers. I think that's very apparent. Um, he he was great the first time around, and I think it'll be just as great, if not better, the second time around. Uh, I think well, I think we can all agree that Rutgers is kind of a sleeping giant there on the East Coast because, I mean, New Jersey and their recruiting ground there and just – what they could do there could be really, really special. <clears throat> but uh, excited that Michigan was able to pull off the victory. Um, it'll be really, really interesting going into the Wisconsin game. Just Wisconsin has not looked good all year. But uh be interesting to see how Michigan, if they, what Michigan's able to do there. Um, losing Ronnie Bell obviously really hurts them. And you can kind of see they lose a big play threat. And the passing game has kind of struggled ever since that point. But uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if Michigan's able to keep it rolling. Um, of course, I always talk about Michigan every week. So then that leads me into I got to talk about Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina came out and throttled UMass on Saturday. I, I think anybody that watched that game, that that. Well, let's just say a lot of teams, a lot of the, a lot of the better teams we've seen it this year, they've taken some of these lower level teams for granted, and they haven't come out and played the way that they're supposed to play from the get go. Well, from the get go, Coastal was locked in and ready to go. I watched the whole game; they dominated that football game, and in the first half, it was just. It, it was men against boys type of situation, the way it looked on the football field there. Um, Co I've said it before and I'll say it again. Coastal is really, really good. And I will continue to stand on this soapbox saying that they deserve an opportunity to play in the playoff if they go undefeated. And they deserve it. This, this is one of the best teams in America. On social media this weekend and into today, I've seen so many things about uh, just South Carolina and Clemson fans just like getting really upset about Coastal being good and all this and that. Well, I'm going to say it right here and right now. If, if South Carolina and Clemson are worried about Coastal or if you're not worried about them, how about you schedule them? How about you schedule them play? Now, I know, I think it's 2026, 2026 that uh, South Carolina and Coastal are supposed to play. And I want to say sometime down the road that Coastal and Clemson are supposed to play. But I feel like these are games for the fan bases down there that need to happen. I don't, I don't want to say yearly, but they need to happen frequently. Coastal has proven that they belong and they should be able to play against those teams. Now, I understand 
South Carolina and Clemson might not want to do that because heaven forbid you lose. Well, guess what? This year, and maybe even into the future, you will lose to Coastal, both of those schools. I'm, I, I loved that some that a media person at Coastal put out on there on there on the Coastal Carolina Athletics Twitter account that a picture of the state of South Carolina painted teal and it called out Clemson in South Carolina saying we are the best team in South Carolina because we are the highest ranked team in the state of South Carolina. Well, guess what folks? They are the best team in South Carolina. They've been the best team in South Carolina all season long. It hasn't been close. I will stand on that soapbox until the season is over. Give Coastal a shot, and I do not want that shot to be Coastal going undefeated. They don't make the playoff, so hey, let's send them to which you name the bowl against Clemson. No, that's not what it should be. It should be if Coastal is undefeated and the playoff and the rankings play out the way that they should play out. Let Coastal play Alabama in the playoff. Let it happen. They deserve the opportunity if they go undefeated and take care of business the way that they're supposed to. Give them the opportunity. Now let me calm down from my soapbox there and talk a little bit about. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about another Sun Belt program, Georgia Southern. Really, really weird situation transpired there, uh, going into. Yesterday, really, uh, their head coach, um, Chad Lunsford, was fired. And and when it happened, when it first happened, everybody was just like, "What? What's going on? This is crazy!" Like, uh, because he's he had a re- he's had a really good record there, twenty eight and twenty one overall, two and one in bowl games. He's been to three bowl games in a row. Yeah, they were off to a one and three start, but they. They were they were looking to get it rolling come Sun Belt play, and I really thought that they were going to do that. But it was just one of those things where I was like, okay, what's going on here? Um, I don't. I, I'm sure if you're an avid college football fan like I am, you've seen the videos out there of uh, players. Uh, one player in particular st- standing on top of a moving school bus going to before the game this past Saturday, being thrown a beer, and he's chugging the beer. I think. Obviously, that's not a good look for your program. Um, not a good look at all. And allegedly, these type of things have... Ha- it's not the first time it's happened. And uh, there were some other minor violations, I have been told from my sources. Um, but nonetheless, still... still Just a very weird situation transpiring there in, in at Georgia Southern. And Chad Lunsford... I mean, everything I've ever heard and seen from him is he's a fantastic, he's a good coach, but a better man. Uh, very, very religious, um, uh, a man of faith. And from everything I've seen and heard about him, he will land on his feet and he will be just fine. But j- just a really weird, weird situation there. <clears throat> and I think everybody kind of looks at Georgia Southern with the with the triple option that they have and uh, basically says well is that going to be what they continue to do um, 
is it something they're going to want to stick with? Is it, is it what they're going to want to do? And it's, it's, I mean, it's hard to say. Um, obviously for this season, they're going to do it, but, uh, the first name that comes to mind for that vacant head coaching position now is Brian Bohannon, uh, the head coach at Kennesaw state. He has had a ton of success at Kennesaw state. Uh, just kind of there. They've kind of jumpstarted that program real quickly. And uh, he's just done an amazing job there. And uh, I think it would just be a really good hire uh it just kind of makes sense for his progression as a coach, but it also makes sense from a regional hiring perspective because Kennesaw State's in Georgia, so you, you hire another coach in Georgia, you keep those ties going, and I think it just kind of makes sense. Obviously, time will tell there um, and see what direction they're going to go in there. <clears throat> that leads into another coaching firing that that occurred um, yesterday Auburn firing their first year wide receiver coach Cornelius Williams I I don't know the particulars about this um about this firing or what what transpired obviously Auburn's offense has not been very good this year um I think too much was expected of Auburn but to fire your first year wide receiver coach, unless something egregious happened, obviously that that I don't know about, but it 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 just doesn't make sense to me. If Brian Harrison is trying to use that as a scapegoat, how about how about you look in the mirror and realize, and maybe Auburn and the fan base and the the athletic department has maybe started to realize, like, hey, maybe this wasn't the right hire. I didn't have the podcast running at the time um, when that hire was made, but I, from the get-go, I just didn't think that that hire made any sense at all. From a culture fit to uh, Harrison hasn't coached, obviously, at that SEC level, but he hasn't even coached in that region of the... I mean, he was at Arkansas State, but it was for a short time, and it's just like most of his ties are out west so it was just really really weird the whole situation how it transpired there and it just doesn't seem like it's working out they bench Bo Nix in the middle of that game last this past Saturday against Georgia Southern they should have lost the refs <clears throat> the refs screwed that up and they had to make sure Auburn won that game so those SEC refs made sure that uh made sure that Auburn got that win but uh I digress there but uh wasn't uh obviously not auburn's best performance but uh nonetheless don't make your first year wide receiver coach the scapegoat for goodness sake because that that's not the move like i said i don't know all the particulars in the situation but <clears throat> maybe i shouldn't pass judgment because i don't know the particulars on that but at the same time it's like there's bigger issues going on in that in that program right now than uh the wide receiver coach that leads me to my next point. Um, those watching uh, Monday Night Football tonight, uh, first off, I'm sorry you saw a terrible game. But uh, one of the better parts was uh, Nick Saban joining the uh, the Mannings on their uh, on their uh, show. 
and just Nick Saban all out going all out trying to recruit Arch Manning. Just just an amazing move by Coach Saban to first go on that show because I mean obviously people are watching this, but at the same time it's like br- brilliant move by him. Like hey, let me go on Peyton and Eli's show and recruit Arch Manning. Saban was is quoted as, I wish I was coaching at Alabama when Peyton and Eli Manning were recruits so you guys could have played for the Tide. I'd love to coach a member of the Manning family. Just just tremendous job by Nick Saban there. The, the clever, the clever uh, politician and coach speak there. Just great job by him. And like I said in the last in the last podcast, I did myself. Uh, I I just think it's a foregone conclusion that Arch Manning's going to Alabama. I mean, why wouldn't he go to Alabama? Why wouldn't the best player in America go play for the best coach and the best program and go win multiple national championships? It it just makes too much sense. He's going to be super prepared for the NFL. One other thing that Nick Saban also said on that during his time on the Manning show was was that he last he counted there were 73 Alab- former Alabama football players in the NFL 73 like that that is amazing. The NFL has 53, I think they've moved it up to like I'll just say 53 man rosters like it's an entire over an entire team of Alabama football players. I mean, we all know how great Alabama is, like all of us college football fans, because we see it week in, week out. But just to hear those staggering numbers, if you're if you're a top recruit, why wouldn't you go play there? Why wouldn't you go play for that and with that? Like it it just makes too much sense. Like if you want to go play in the NFL, why wouldn't you go to Alabama? Like it just makes too much sense. But uh but I digress. Next up, let's let's talk UConn. UConn football. Everybody who's been listening knows about my partnership with Sidelines UConn. I've with that partnership, I've been watching the UConn games. First couple weeks, it was difficult. I'm not gonna lie. But this past week against Wyoming, boy, the Huskies came out and showed a lot of character, a lot of fight. <clears throat> they were in the lead almost the whole game, and. Lost the game in the end, but man, those Huskies showed a lot of fight. And <clears throat> I got to give the coaching staff at, at Connecticut a ton of credit because it came out last week that none of them are going to be retained. They're all going to lose their jobs and all this and that. And it's just like all those guys could have just said, you know what? Screw this. Like, it's not worth it. Like, we're just going to mail it in. But these guys had this team prepared to play a good undefeated Wyoming team. And they played them tooth and nail to the last second. UConn scored a touchdown, went for two to win the to tie the game, and it, they didn't get the two point conversion. But just hats off to that coaching staff for having that team prepared. Because, like I said, it it could have been really ugly. Tyler Puma, the the young freshman quarterback, has really lit a fire under under this team. And he really seems like he is not only the quarterback of the future, but the quarterback of the present. Like that young man has played really, really well. He made a couple mistakes late in that game, and that that led to Wyoming getting the lead and winning the game. 
but he's young. He's a freshman. It's going to happen. But UConn showed so much fight and tenacity in that game that now this coming weekend, they got a primetime ESPNU game against Vanderbilt in Nashville. And I'm going to say it right now. I said it on Twitter the other night, but I'm going to say it right now too. UConn is going to win at Vanderbilt. I guarantee it. If that UConn team that played on Saturday against Wyoming shows up against Vanderbilt and plays the exact same way that they did, they they will beat Vanderbilt. It's not a question, in my opinion. That Vanderbilt team is... uh, We won't even talk about their performance against Georgia. Georgia almost scored as many points as Vanderbilt had yards. So that, that, but granted, Georgia obviously is an elite team. I'll get to them when I talk about my top 25 that I just released. But the the Georgia defense is one of the, especially the defensive line, might be one of the most elite units I have ever seen. But that Vanderbilt team is just bad. And if UConn is able to come in, like I said, and play the way that they played, and they're going to be prepared because we saw it last week, they're going to be prepared, they're going to be ready to go, that UConn team is going to beat Vanderbilt. It's going to happen. And the UConn schedule coming up is is rather favorable. I know UConn's kind of gotten a, a got went through the ringer because of some things by starting a year on four, but but let, let's look at the four teams that they've played. Like Fresno State, we've learned now is a really good football team. Purdue is much better than we thought too. They gave Notre Dame everything they can handle. Army is undefeated and playing really well. Then last week, Wyoming undefeated. Now, granted, the Holy Cross loss is not good. It, that that I mean, that's in, inexcusable. But at that point, UConn was had a lot of issues. But you're looking at the next three three or four games for UConn here. UConn is at, at Vanderbilt this week. They're a 14.5-point underdog, which I think is ridiculous. But can Vanderbilt even score 14 points? I don't know. <clears throat> but uh, then they got UMass. And, and I watched UMass against Coastal. Now, granted, Coastal, like I said, way better. But UMass looked awful. Then they get Yale. Another FCS team. Those are three games right there that this UConn team can win, and I think they will win. I think they will win their next three games. I really do. Then they turn around after Yale, and they host Middle Tennessee. This is a game where I feel like they can get two. Now, Middle Tennessee's offense looked really really good on Friday night. I watched the whole game of Middle Tennessee and Charlotte this past Friday night. That was an offensive shootout. I think it's a game UConn can get. I think UConn can get four wins here. And that's what I said. I said that they would get three or four wins to start the season. At the beginning of the year, I really, really felt that they could do that. And they're still right, right. They have the opportunity. One one thing that I think should be talked about when it comes to UConn football, this team didn't play any games last year. Like, we all know that. Well, to then expect them to come out and just, be firing on all cylinders when you haven't played in over in almost two years you haven't played is is kind of ridiculous if if you if we really think about it if we really think that UConn was just going to come out against Fresno State and just be 
a, a well-oiled machine as a football team, it's it's not fair to think that. Um, and, and like I said before, the, those first couple, those four of those first five games are against good football teams. Like four of those first five teams, Fresno State has one loss. It's at Oregon. We know how good Oregon is, and Fresno State honestly should have won that football game. They had it at the end. Holy, the Holy Cross loss is bad, but with the circumstances going on in the program at that time, you kind of can understand why they lost that game. But then you turn around, you look at the Purdue loss. Purdue has one loss to Notre Dame, and we and I think we're seeing that Notre Dame's a pretty good football team, and we'll find out just how good it, this weekend against Cincinnati. Then you look at Army is undefeated, playing fantastic football. Wyoming's undefeated. So it's like those four teams have a combined two losses with one of them being against Oregon, for goodness sake, and the other being against Notre Dame. And they both lost those games. I want to say they were one-score games. So, like, UConn has played the hardest schedule in America to this Well, maybe not the hardest, but one of the hardest schedules in America to this point. So I, I, I think we got to kind of look, look in the mirror when it comes to that and say, like, like I said, to, to think that this team was just going to come out after not playing any game in almost two years and just firing all cylinders is ridiculous. Now, granted, they should have looked a lot better than what they did, but we've all kind of seen and heard why those issues were transpiring. But now that this this team is starting to get it rolling, they have some momentum. They're going to come out and look like a football team. I promise you that. In these next three weeks, like I said, these next three weeks at Vanderbilt, at UMass, and then against Yale, I think they win all three games. Then they go go up against Middle Tennessee. Now they really have some momentum. And I think that's a game that they can potentially get. Now they end the year, those last three games that, that, that against Clemson, UCF, and Houston, they, they're not going to beat those teams. But like I said at the beginning of the year, this team can win three or four games, and they're set up really well to do that. So UConn fans, I, I appreciate you guys listening, and, and I'm pulling for you guys. I really, really am. I'm pulling for you guys this weekend. I really, I, I, I really hope that you that UConn can get this win against Vanderbilt. It would be so big for the program and just these kids that have stayed and fought through this and be a huge building block for the future. Be really, I've talked about it many times. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens moving forward with the program and the coaching hires and what's going to happen. But there's some really, really good things in place there for this, for this team and this program. So let's look, let, now I want to talk about, I released my first ever top 25 this, uh, yesterday, last night. And, uh, first off, I want to say it was really nice not to have all the keyboard tough guys on Twitter telling me how stupid I am or how shameful my top 25 was. I, I got some really good interaction from people and that was really nice. So you just, whenever you post something on Twitter, you just feel like the keyboard tough guys are going to come out and get you. But it was nice to just uh, have really good conversations with people about this and have people um, approving and liking what, uh, what I put out there. 
you look, if you haven't seen it, here's my top 25. Alabama, number one, Alabama, number two, Georgia. I think that's very apparent, very clear. I think there's no argument that can be made there. <clears throat> then I feel three through five, you could kind of divvy it up whichever way you would like. I went Oregon, Penn State, Iowa. Um, so my top four right now is Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, Penn State. Obviously, Penn State and Iowa play in a couple weeks. Oregon has a tough test this week, which I'll get to. But uh, So then I said number six, Cincinnati, who, who if you listen to me at the beginning of the year, I think is going to make the college football playoff. Then I said seven, Arkansas, eight, Notre Dame, nine, Florida, ten, Oklahoma. And I have Oklahoma at ten because they haven't performed well, but Oklahoma – I think is very, very close to performing well and firing all cylinders. We'll learn a lot this weekend. I'll get to that. Then I said 11 Ole Miss, 12 Ohio State. Then I got Coastal Carolina at 13. Optimistic that they are going to move up a lot after this weekend. Then I got Michigan at 14, BYU at 15. And I know a lot of people are going to sit there, well, BYU, Coastal, blah, 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 blah. Well, BYU lost their their stud quarterback who is going to be a good quarterback in the NFL, and Coastal beat them in a 48-hour time frame. So Coastal is better, folks. They're better than BYU. Then I said Texas A&M at 16. Then I went 17 Michigan State, 18 Fresno State, 19 Oklahoma State, 20 Baylor, 21 UCLA, 22 Texas optimistic that Texas can move up in the rankings because they might be the best team in the Big 12. 23 Wake Forest, 24 Kentucky, 25 San Diego State. And my next five are Auburn, NC State, Maryland, UTSA, and Boston College. Like I said, it was really, really nice to have a lot of really good interaction with different fans and different fan bases about my top 25 um really cool to see so many coastal people excited about that um i i've i never uh backed down from from my fandom for them over the past five or so years that i have created for coastal carolina and the sun belt um but i'm really really optimistic there about what's going to happen um, and I'm really excited about the top 25 because there are going to be a ton of shakeups in the top 25 this week, whether we like it or not, just because of some of the games that are occurring. Some of the big games. Friday night, we have two pretty big games to start off with. Undefeated number five, Iowa, at undefeated Maryland. That is going to be a battle. I'm not putting it past Maryland to win that football game. Uh, Talua Tagovailoa is a heck of a quarterback. Maryland is playing fantastic football. Iowa's defense is really good, but Maryland's offense is really good too. Then the nightcap, you got number 13 BYU at Utah State. I don't think anybody at the beginning of the year thought this would even be a game, but Utah State's playing really well. Uh, obviously last week against Boise State, they didn't look very good. But Utah State has played well coming into – coming into that game so that game's going to be interesting it'll be interesting to see um how byu responds there 
Then for me, number 14, Michigan at Wisconsin is going to be interesting because Michigan has struggled in Madison in the past. But if there was ever a time Michigan was going to win in Madison, Wisconsin, this needs to be the year. Then possibly the game of the day, number eight, Arkansas, number two, Georgia. Arkansas has played tremendous the first couple weeks here of the season. It's going to be really, really interesting to see how they play against an elite Georgia team. Can Charlotte win at Illinois and continue there as as I live our our 15 minutes from the Illinois campus is going to be really, really interesting to see if Charlotte can take care of business there like I think they can. Uh, Cincinnati at Notre Dame, I think this – if Cincinnati wins this game, I think it propels Cincinnati. They're going to go undefeated, and I think it leads to them getting a potential shot at the playoff. If Notre Dame wins, I think it can propel Notre Dame into that exact same scenario. So – it, this is the hardest game for both of them remaining on the schedule. So that game's going to be really good. Then number 12, Ole Miss at number one, Alabama. Both teams are undefeated. Ole Miss offense obviously is unbelievable. Matt Carroll has looked unbelievable. <clears throat> but uh, now you got to play Alabama. And there's a lot of people I've noticed on social media thinking that Ole Miss is going to come out and win by – double digits and i i'm sorry i just don't see it <clears throat> this alabama football team is just too good i i think Ole miss is going to be ready to play and at the beginning i think it's going to be fireworks but i think when it's all said and done alabama is going to win by double digits two touchdowns or more <clears throat> then we got oregon number three oregon at stanford now stanford hasn't played great this year but they're, they're going to be one of the tougher games left on Oregon's schedule. Then number six, Oklahoma at Kansas State. Kansas State has been a thorn on Oklahoma, in Oklahoma's side the past handful of years. I think this is – I picked at the beginning of the year that this would be the game that Oklahoma would lose, and I still firmly believe that that's going to happen. I know Kansas State's coming off a loss against Oklahoma State, but I think Kansas State's going to be ready, and I think they're going to get that win. <clears throat> And you got Ohio State at Rutgers. It's going to be really interesting to see how Rutgers responds after playing pretty well against Michigan in that second half. And Ohio State hasn't played well this year. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that one goes. Ohio State could be on upset alert there. <clears throat> and then if we're looking at the the rest of the slate for the bigger, bigger games, number 10, Florida at undefeated Kentucky. I... I I just feel like Kentucky struggles with Florida, and there's just that mental gap. I think this game is going to come down to the end, but I think Florida is just going to be able to get it done. Then you got undefeated Baylor at undefeated Oklahoma State, 21 against number 19. Baylor coming off a huge win against Iowa State. Oklahoma State coming off a, a good win against a good Kansas State team. So that I think that game's a lot better than what anybody thought it was going to be. Then you got undefeated Boston College at number 25, Clemson. Going to be really interesting there. I, I feel for Boston College because Phil Dracovich, I think, was he was my dark horse Heisman candidate coming into the season. And I really felt like Boston College was going to be able to get this win. And, and Boston College might get this win still. 
but it's going to be a little bit different now <clears throat> without without their star quarterback. Then obviously I've talked about UConn Vanderbilt. I know a lot of people in the media are kind of like poking fun at this game of it being prime time and all this and that. UConn is winning that football game, guaranteed, like I said. Auburn at LSU has kind of lost a little bit of its flair, um, but still a good game nonetheless. And then a good game in the Pac-12 at night, Arizona State at UCLA. That'll be interesting. A lot, I feel like a lot of fireworks in that game with those two offenses. But like I said, there, there are some really, really good football games coming up in Week 5. Really, really excited about that slate. But I am even more excited to finally announce that I will be hitting the road this week to come to a to go to a game for the first time this season. I'm super excited. I'm going to be going back to Northern Illinois University. I've been there one time before for a game. It was against Boston College at night a few years ago. Boston College ended up winning that football game late. But like I said before, I'm restarting my my travels to go to all 130 games with the podcast my first game will be this saturday eastern michigan three and one eastern michigan at two and two northern illinois super excited to go back to husky stadium and the next episode of my or uh the next time you hear from me just me on the podcast next uh monday night tuesday morning whenever you're listening i will be talking about my trip to husky stadium and give you guys a little bit of insight on that stadium, that program, my experience, and the game itself. Really, really excited about that. Looking forward to going back to Husky Stadium. You can follow the Twitter account at TNT College Foot One to uh, see my whole experience and kind of live it with me. It, um, again, that's the whole reason why I started doing this. Like. <clears throat> Like I've said before, I'm a former college basketball coach. I've always had this idea and this dream to talk about college football for a living. I didn't play college football. I'm a basketball guy, but I've, I'm a huge, huge fan. And you guys know if you've been listening, like my whole bucket list to go to all 130 FBS stadiums. Well, it starts Saturday or it's kicking off on Saturday, I guess you could say. Between Eastern Michigan and Northern Illinois, really, really excited to get to Husky Stadium for that game. Again, guys, thank you so much for listening in. You can hear my picks, or you can, you can, uh, you UConn fans, always turn tune in to Sidelines UConn for my uh, insight on the upcoming opponent. Um, you can, hopefully Thursday, Friday this week, I can get you the info for the Vanderbilt game coming up. You can also listen uh, with my new partnership with App State Sports News and Facts at Apps Predictions on Twitter. You can hear my insight on. Uh, I'll be doing some uh, week by week picks and week by week insight into what's going to be going on in the in the college football world. Really, really excited about working uh, working with the with uh, some good people there gonna be a lot of fun really really excited for that partnership because app state's good and they got that uh that game coming up 
in a few weeks against Coastal Carolina on Wednesday night that I really, really want to go to. That podcast that the, that I'm on there, that's the Golden Gridiron podcast. You guys can listen to that weekly, um, listen to my predictions and my insight on the college football season. going to be a lot of fun there. Again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me personally at Coach underscore B Will or follow the Twitter account uh, TNT College Foot One. Uh, my next guest I plan on having on the show, my good friends at Sidelines UConn. We're going to be talking about UConn football coming into the Vanderbilt game and so much more. Really, really looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. Have a good night. God bless.